Welcome to Friend Wings Podcast, where Smashville and Hockey Town collide. And now your hosts, Brett and Ron White and D-Law, Dan Lawless. Well, hello, Rat and Ron. Episode 21 is among us. Yes, it is, D-Law. Yes, it is. We are here. So, getting shorter and shorter, folks. Yeah, and uh, so how was your week? My week's been you know, kind of weird and like crazy, and mine's been chaotic. That's just the best way to put it. Is just chaos, and no time. I thought I was gonna miss my game yet last night because I had a little cat nap and I kind of woke up a little. A little late, and I was like, oh, God, I'm going to be late. Me and he goes, ah, I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go. I was like, you got to go. Well, I'm going to miss like the whole period. Well, you still got two more to play, Dopey. Get out there. Yeah, well, I get there, get dressed. I get to the bench with like three minutes left in the first period, so I didn't I didn't get any shifts in the first period. And when I get there, we're winning two to nothing. I think it was two to one when I got on the bench. And then uh, – by the end of the second period, it was two to two, or by the start of the second period, it was two to two. So my first shift, third period, my defense skates it up, scores. We go ahead three two, and then phew, I I must be the bad luck because we end up losing seven to three, and I didn't score. I played like absolutely. I was just. And I was playing right wing, and I was just, I don't know. I, I would have been better off just not going. Yeah. So um, when we left last episode, we were talking about goal songs. And, you know, because we're, we're, we're talking about um, Palat's goal song. Um, so we were like, and we're, yeah, so we are like, well, what? We we're talking about us, and we we're talking about how, you know, what what would our goal songs be? So we got a little, um, we we put together what what our goal songs would be. Um, Let's fire it up. So so I, yeah. I I think uh, so I I, I uh, let let's start with Rhett and Ron's goal song. Hit it, Dano. That's an interesting goal song. You know why I picked that one, D-Law? It's because I just envision if I'm in the NHL and I get a, you know, if I'm good enough to be in the NHL, I'm going to be a cocky son of a gun. Well, you are now anyway. Well, no, I, I never when I play hockey. I am the farthest thing from cocky because I know I know I'm terrible. I don't even think that I'm good. But I just think that when you know, like when I'm out there, I score a goal. I'm gonna flaunt the crowd, like stop, you know, look around, 
you know, I'm going to, I'm going to visualize it. I'm going to be like playing into the crowd. Listen, like I'm going to put my hand to my ear, like listen. And like, as the lyrics are playing out, like I'm going to be cocky. I'm going to be arrogant. Kind of like Kadri, uh, when he was uh, playing in again, in the, I think it was the Minnesota series when they were all over him and, you know, he had those hits and stuff like that. And he scored a goal and he went over to the, to the glass and kind of showboating. So, so you're saying that's what you would do? Exactly. I'm going to be cocky. I'm going to be arrogant. Like I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to flaunt it. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, that song comes on, my hands go into the ear and they say like, listen, and you know, look, I'm going to point to the crowd and yeah, I'm, I'm getting into it. I'm having fun. You better stop. Hey, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going down. Stop. Hey, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going down. Okay, I kind of like that. I kind of want to have. Now I want somebody in the NHL to have that goal song. Yeah, like you know who I could. You know, honestly, who I could see having that right now. McDavid. Evander Kane. Oh. I just see him having a song like that. I think that would be cool for him to have that song. Get into it, you know. He might not. Like I said. Stop! Hey, what's that sound? It's a goal horn. Put your ear up. Like, yeah, you hear that, baby? It's a goal horn. Keep it going, baby. You know. And then when you stop, hey, what's that sound? Everybody look, and then you point to the crowd. You know, like, you get into it. like even if it's the away team, like you get into it, yet. Or you 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 raise your hand like up, like get up, right? Like 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 my celebration in NHL twenty two. <laughs> so so how about I don't know my after after listening to that uh, going into my my goal song um or actually I kind of did a couple but um how about Just kidding! I'm not a lacrosse player. Oh, you dick! I like that song too. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I'm pretending uh, for, to be Lou Graham for a second. For for all, it, it, it kind of would be it it, it, it would be kind of nice, but I'm, it's if anyone no listeners well, if know a, if if, that's if, a fake, if that's a fake one, what's a it, real one? If anyone knows, you know, our listeners know, they probably don't know, but that's. That's what the Nighthawks use when they know, you know. well, a, a, any goal scorer. It doesn't. Even, it's not. It's um. Well, they 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 play it when they score, and then depending on who scores, they play a song right after it. But it, they lacrosse. They play the song even during play, which is I kind of wish they would do that in the HL, but they they can probably barely hear the whistles with no music. So okay, here's uh. So here's my goal uh, for, like, if I score one goal, my first goal. Oh, so you have multiple. (laughs) 
So yeah, okay. Because I'm number one, and nobody remembers number two or three. See, one one is the loneliest number, though, D Law. Not if you score goals. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> so I what the song says. So if no, what that wasn't the loneliest. That's a different song. One is the loneliest. That you know, that's a t- that's a that's a totally different song, though. I know it is. I'm just saying, one's <laughs> so, a lonely number. Yeah, well, not when I score. So if when I score my second and third and fourth. Boy, the goalies would hate this. Oh, but hey, if you don't want me to score more than one goal, you better stop make the save. Bringing a little swag, huh? Yeah, that could be yours too if you if you score two goals. Although, well, actually, I shouldn't say anything because you've had four goals in a game before. Sheer luck. <laughs> well, I've only had one. Well, no, I had I've had multiple game, goal games, but I've only had one hat trick game. Hey, you know what? You've done it. <sighs> yeah. So, uh, I think we have a game. To break down uh, Stanley Cup Final Game One, kind of a surprise in some ways, but not in others. Um, it was a really, really tight game for the most part. Um, it and was, I was, it was a well played game by. I mean, this is exactly what we expected, D'Lo. I mean, we we talked about it last week. Like you can't count Tampa Bay out, and then on the opposite, you know, in the opposite conference. You know, Colorado is just a, a powerhouse. So, I mean, you've got two teams that, you know, one is just fantastic with skill. I mean, they're both skilled skilled teams. Don't get me wrong. But Tampa Bay just, they've been here. This, this is not their first time doing this. Yeah, and I was right about uh, Kemper did get to start, which I, to me that was a no-brainer. So, I just think – Bednar was playing. Guy. I think he was just playing, playing, playing games. You know, not, I don't want to say. You know, that that sounds negative. He was playing. I, I can't Foolery. think of the word. Tom Foolery. But yeah, he just yeah. He, Kemper was going to get the start. I mean, they just do everything they can to try to throw you off. But um, I don't know if it was a crowd noise, but. Early in, the, I think it was the first period. Um, there was um, uh, there was a penalty. Uh, it, it must have been on, on uh, Colorado because they had the puck and the rest blew the whistle. But they everybody kept playing. They kept they kept going. It was like did, I I thought I heard a whistle, and then all of a sudden, and then all of a sudden, up do we keep going? And then all of a sudden, I heard you hear a whistle like two or three times. I was like, "Oh, it was a whistle." <laughs> so, and and the fans. So I'm wondering, you know, it, the fans were uh, pretty loud, but I, didn't, I guess that building is. I never thought Colorado was being a loud building like Carolina and Tampa Bay and yeah, but you have Nashville to used to be. This is a Stanley Cup final, D Law. Like, well, I know Arizona won't have that problem. 
<laughs> so that, uh, well, no, they can only fit like 500 people in the stands. <laughs> and uh, the penalty was uh, Josh Manson uh, for holding the stick. Uh, so Tampa Bay got the first power play. Um, as far as the penalty, uh, that it was kind of a tough. I mean, it, he 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 did hold a stick, so it was a penalty. Um, but I, I, yeah, I, I mean, it is the finals. I don't know. I mean, you know, early, uh, I, I, I mean, I guess you had to call it. Um, as, as the refs, yeah, I mean, you have to kind of set the precedent early on in game one, because, but they have now. Here's the key: they have to keep consistency. If and um, consistent from game one, then that just throws everything off. So, and that power play, the Tampa Bay power play, actually looked good. They had seven shot attempts, but the Avalanche ended up killing it off. I mean, Kemper was really in form in the first period. Um, and then as soon as Colorado killed out the penalty, uh, it wasn't, like, immediately after, but it was it was pretty close. But after they kill it, they went and scored – you know, right after that, and you know, it, it, it was a bad goal, but there's no doubt about that. Vasilevsky, I mean, I don't know, he just, yeah, another bad goal for him. Um, so, but he, as surprising, he rebounded, you know, in the next period. Um, but then, you know, Tav Bay got another, they, they got a weird goal too. And then, and then Kemper gave up. Uh, you know, it was a it was a bad goal um, for Kemper. But then Colorado went and scored another questionable goal that Vasquezy probably was bad. It wasn't as bad as the first one, but that's three goals kind of right in a row that were bad goals as far as a goalie is concerned. Yeah, but still, I mean, is it? Go ahead. Say what you're going to say, and I'm going to. Say. Is it the is it like the rust from you know? I mean, obviously Tampa didn't have rust, but maybe nerves. But I mean, since they're veteran goalies, they shouldn't. You know, Vasilevsky's been there before, obviously. And, and then I mean, that's a big, I don't. That's a big part of it. I mean, how how many Stanley Cup Finals has Kemper been in? I I don't have that answered. I just I'm wondering. But I, I, mean, I, I, I know Vasilevsky has been in quite a few. Well, I th- think they mentioned it, but I don't remember exactly. But I don't think – I don't really think he has because they they signed him from Arizona, I believe it was, in the offseason. So if he, if he played most of his career in Arizona, he obviously didn't even make the playoffs. So I mean, on his part, it probably was nerves, but of course, you know, they're not they're they're not going to say that. Or say, oh no, I just I ate something bad, or I don't maybe I took a bad nap or something. I don't know, but um, and then uh, they called Sergachev for a trip. I mean, it it was a trip, but it's I thought it was kind of questionable for the playoffs. Um. They were, they were just the two players were kind of battling. They just kind of got tied up together. Actually, there was three players, uh, but two Lightning players and then the Colorado player. And I think it was Makar, actually. 
Um, let me check. Uh, no, it was McKinnon. Um, he, yeah, it was McKinnon that went down. Um, I don't know. I mean, they were kind of battling for the puck. McKinnon did have the puck. I suppose in this, in that sense, like the first penalty you got is a rough. You have to call it. But it's the finals, and I don't know. I thought, what maybe your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, and and you're still. I mean, you're talking about the penalties, right? Yes. Yeah, the big thing is with the penalties is they like like you had mentioned, you got to keep consistency because you're calling a lot of penalties that are. I kind of agree with you. Like, this is the. Stanley Cup Finals, like this, is even bigger than the NHL playoffs, and I think they're being too. They're calling a lot of things that you might want to see slide, because you're going to want to be able to keep the game under control, and if you're calling penalties every five minutes, you know it just kills the rhythm, and then you go off, and it's then that's where the inconsistencies start to build up when you go too far and then try to back off. So. You know, I I just I think they need to slow down with the penalties. I think there have been quite a few called that could have been if you let them play a little bit more. You know, it is the playoffs. I mean, we've said that three or four times. It's not it's Stanley Cup Finals. Let them play. You know, call the obvious and just let the rest kind of you know be be more judgmental. Yeah, and I mean what one of the I. I don't know if it was during this game, but I, one of the uh, referee or uh, former official analysts on the networks was saying, um, let the players dictate the, the penalties. In other words, the refs, you know, they're, you know, they're, they're not going to look for a call, but, let the let the players you know if the if the players are out there hooking and hacking and all that kind of crap then you know then you call that you know so you know like i guess it's self-explanatory let the players dictate penalties yeah but when is enough enough i mean you have more and more guys we just went on a whole rant with shesterkin a couple weeks ago when when is enough enough like well, like with dives, so you want the players but, to dictate themselves. But I mean, you touch you you touch me in, in the hip, well, and I'd take a dive. Yeah, I don't think you necessarily meant you know players taking dives. I meant player you know players you know are they gonna get their stick in their guys' skates or hook you know hook them around their waist or slash them on their hands you know that and that kind of stuff. You know cross checks that you know that kind of stuff, and that you know that's one thing. There wasn't any dives that, you know, really blatant dives. I mean, there was, there might have been a couple that were kind of like sell jobs, but they weren't, you know, full out embellishment. So, you know, a good job for both teams to, to, to not do that in, in the biggest game of, you know, the season. Right. And then, you know, then they called another penalty on Tampa Bay, which, I mean, that was definitely a trip. I mean, and then it gave, you know, it gave, uh, it gave Colorado a two-man advantage, although um, Tampa Bay was arguing that it should have been offside. But it, I, you know, I was looking at it, it's like there's that 
that was not outside. And even the announcer said that too. So I don't know. I think they were just mad because of the penalty, but it it was a trip. I mean, it was a clear cut trip, you know, more than the other trip. Um, but you know, it makes things worse when you're going to be down two man, and you know, you don't want to give Colorado a power play, let alone a two man advantage, which they ended up cashing in on that. Um, I believe it was um, it was Niskushkin. I can't talk tonight. Or was that Lekkinen? Oh, Lekkinen. Like Lekkinen had the power play goal. That made it three to one. Nichushkin was the second goal. That was a, that was a, one of the bad goals, but yeah, it was uh, Lekkinen who's, you know, he's really kind of a forgotten man. They got he was don't forget he was in the finals last year with Montreal, and um, you know Colorado got him. I think it was in the off season, um, or or during the season. I, I, in any case, they you know they got him. I don't remember if, if they signed him or if it was a trade, but. It was. It's turning out to be a really good pick. Um, you know, pickup. It that's. It's only his seventh goal in the playoffs, but you know, there's not too many that have more other than McDavid's. Yeah, I mean that's. that's but what I, mean. I mean, and it's not just the goals either. He's just doing a lot of little plays by what they do for the season. But you know, with it, I just think he he's been a, like you said seven goals. I'll take him in the playoffs all day long. It reminds me a lot of uh, Tyler Johnson back in, oh, God, all the wings era. He was the wing killer. But, you know, he wasn't like a standout blow-up guy in the regular season. But come playoff time, the kid knew how to put the puck in the net. Like, he was just winning big games and putting in big goals. And I and I think that's exactly what they got now. So, yeah, that's a great point. But the thing with Lekkinen, he's got seven in the playoffs, but it's not just his goal scoring. He's doing the little things, and that's what you need in the, in the especially the finals. Um, so that was, and, and you know, he's not the only one that they picked up that's doing that. You know, Colorado, um, Joe Sackick, he's a GM, I believe. He he's. T- he must be as he know, he knows his hockey because he's you know smart. He knows he knows players. He knows his team. He knows the right fit, the right players because the, the the pickups he's had has been huge for this team in the playoffs. Um, but in the first period, Colorado continues their dominance, fifteen to eight. Um, three of them were on the two man advantage. Uh, one of them was obviously goal, and then one was on the five on four power play. And they had uh, 10 scoring chances, according to ABC, and three for the Lightning. Um, I don't know how, um, you know, how judgmental or, or uh, that's not the word I wanted. Um, it is, you know, if that's actually a stat, cause I, or if it's just something that they, the networks, you know, oh, it's a scoring chance. Well, is it really a scoring chance? Maybe it wasn't. Maybe it wasn't actually, you know, it, it. That's it's like a gray area. Is that something that the NHL actually takes? I, I haven't 
really been able to find anywhere in NHL stats of the actual scoring chances, just shots on goal. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure on that, so I don't want to. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'd like to. I'd, I should try to get a clarification on: is that an actual thing, or is that just something that you know? Because a scoring chance for this person might be totally different from a scoring chance from this person. It's like that's that's not a scoring chance. What are you talking about? He blocked it. That's not a. Well, if he didn't block it, he scored. Yeah. Well, if he did, yeah, maybe. You know. Yeah, so I don't. You know. I don't. You know. But yeah, I mean, what what's a scoring chance? Like a rebound? Is it? you know, a screen, like what, yeah, we just got to figure out what that is. Let's, let's look that up and we can talk about that next, next episode. So then the second period starts and, you know, the lightning are down three to one Thought maybe they were going to, you know, come out and well, Josh Manson gets another, another stick up high on Hedman, uh, but he didn't get called for that. And Hedman was, you know, kind of arguing play but i you know during during a whistle he you know it kind of you know he didn't he went over the ref and he didn't i don't he didn't really you know like scream and yell like a lot of players and that really you know that turns off the refs and you know and he kind of like he was talking to him like probably you know he wanted an explanation because the stick did come up high, and they've called those penalties in the playoffs, you know, this season. And it, you know, it, it, it was a, it was a good check until the stick, the, but the stick came up high. And as a player, you know, especially if you're checking somebody, it, it, I mean, it, maybe not so much it for younger players because you know they got to learn how to control the stick but in nhl you know that's all they've been doing you got to control your stick and when he threw the check it was a good clean check but then he let his stick go up high and you can't do that no no i agree with that you have to be more disciplined than that you gotta you gotta just I mean, now is the time you have to be hyper-focused and play the game, you know, especially smart because every little mistake is going to cost you. This is the Stanley Cup Finals. It's the best of the best. So you got to play smart hockey. And then, you know, it seems like, you know, after that little discussion with the ref, not that long after, they called call too many players. Well, I mean, obviously, you know, it wasn't a makeup call because it was – they legitimately had six players. And even the coach, Bednar, says, well, it was a lazy play. The guy left the bench, and he didn't go to the bench, and the guy came on. And so he wasn't he wasn't upset at the rest for that call. He was upset at his players because they were just – a mental breakdown. Right. That's pretty much what he called it. Um, and then uh, Palat, oh, I didn't get that goal song. Oh, well. Um, oh, but, uh, they were on the road anyway. Um, but yeah, Palat, that was a beautiful tip and goal. Another uh, great pass by Nikita Kucherov to set that power play goal up. That was Kucherov's 100th career playoff assist. He's playing some good hockey right now. He's playing real well. And then, Tampa Bay, I mean, they, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, um, let me finish your, finish your, uh. No, I was going to uh, say again, like, it's, it's Tampa Bay, like, they just, they've, they've, they're battle ready. 
So, yeah, of course they're going to come back. They're not going to. They're not going to get squashed. I mean, this the, this game, as we get to the end of talking about it, is exactly what I expected for seven games. Like this is going to be a dogfight of a series. Yeah, and to your point, you know, right after that Palat goal, Sergachev, you know, the the they're the defending champions. Forty eight seconds later, it comes back. Uh, ties the game of three, and I, I think that kind of shot Colorado because they're Colorado's they're, they're they're not used to that in the playoffs. I they the teams have not come back like that, and no, they um, get such big leads, and that's all they bank on. I, you know, they again like eight five games. And, I mean, the West was wild with scoring this this postseason. And then you know, I think it was such you know they were kind of worried and. And I think, you know, the, I don't know if it was a legitimate thing, but the arena, uh, they just happened to have a glass issue. And, you know, so, you know, they had to just kind of slow the momentum down, you know, Tampa Bay's momentum, because they kind of fixed the glass. I don't know what the problem was. Doesn't it? And, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't a lot. You wonder. It wasn't a long delay, and it, and it just seemed like, why would they pick it at that time? So, you know, I think it was a little, you know, let's see what happens in game three, game four with Tampa Bay, see if they, they pull the same trick. I don't know. I mean, yeah, it is so much advantage, but, I mean, it, you know, I mean, it wasn't a long delay either. It's just no, enough to slow the momentum down. Doesn't it kind of make you think, though? Like, if they have these pre-built-in delays, so if, like, the momentum really shifts, like, you almost like a Belichick-Patriots kind of a scenario where, like, hey, man, we're, we're starting to get that pressure on. Like, we, we need something glass, glass, you know, hit the glass. Like, oh, the glass is loose. We need to take a delay. Well, let's just tighten it really quick. Okay, everything's all set. Just enough to slow the pace down, just enough to slow the game down or – Ah, this the ice is soft over here. We need the you know we need to fix the ice in this one spot. Yeah, or or, or the goalie like hey the moves aren't down all the way. Or hit that button there, guy. No, don't hit that button. Right. <laughs> Wrong button. Wait, that wasn't a goal. The puck's in the neutral zone. The heck, what even closer than that? Get your <laughs> hand off of it. So in the second period. Uh, Colorado had the shots and go eleven and nine, um, but Tampa Bay won the period in the goals department two to nothing. So two goals and nine shots. That was <laughs> after the period first period that Kemper had. Compared the second period was shaky at best for him, but then you know he he kind of rebounded. You know third period starts tied up three three. Huge game, game one. Colorado gets called for high sticking on Braden Point. Thought it was going to be a double minor, but it it wasn't really. I mean, it was a high stick, but it was it was the right call because I mean, I don't like the idea where they have to look for blood to get a four minute minor because that you know I mean that's like saying oh yeah, but it's a blood. Rule, like... I mean. A four-minute minor shouldn't – I mean, uh, uh, let me say an injury because obviously, you know, if a guy's bleeding, it's obviously an injury. I don't want – I don't like the idea of an injury dictating what a double minor is. A double – you don't need right, to be injured I mean, for a double minor. No, I want to go crazy uh, here. This is a crazy theory. Bear with me. 
But take a guy, you know Sean Avery. Are you familiar with him, D Law? The front the man and put his the stick yeah. in front of he yeah. he'd face the goalie. He was he was a uh you know, he was uh <laughs> he did face the goalie. It was the weirdest thing I've ever seen. So you only but, want to do that. That's why I call him the front man. <laughs> but um I could see a guy like him, just his style of, of hockey. I could see him like intentionally biting a chunk out of his cheek or something just to have blood to show the refs every time he got called against a high sticking. So every time a stick came up high on him, I don't care if it hit him in the chin, he bites a, like a bite out of his lip just to show blood. I mean, do you or, think players are crazy enough to do that? Or somebody, you know, they have a, one of those little capsules in their mouth and they get hit and they chomped out on it. So it'll blood. Yeah, I mean, desperate times call for desperate measures, you know? Like, kind of like when they use a foil on their hands, they'd, they'd hide a little capsule, blood capsule or something right. in their mouth, and yeah, kind of like that where they put, they'd hide a little. <laughs> I don't know if that was actually real, but and for all of you people out there, if if you want to go oh, front that... back movie to watch, watch Slapshot, and then immediately watch the Christmas Story. One one of the best hockey movies ever. Other than Guardian, yeah, or or Miracle, um, but that's yeah, iconic. It's a, it's a classic. So getting back to the third period, Tampa Bay gets a you know they get called for a delayed game late there. And I, well, yeah, it was over the ball glass. That was the cat. You know, that's again, that's a, the Casparetus rule from back in the nineties. I don't know. I mean, he shot it over the glass. I, I don't know. I, I'm still kind of. You know, that whole rule came up because players were deliberately shooting the puck over the glass. Now, that case, yes. If you deliberately do that, yes. But but then again, you know. Nobody deliberately uh, does it anymore because it's against the rules. But So it's surely an accident, but you still have to enforce it because as soon as you stop enforcing it, then it's just going to be on the rise again. Should they make an amendment to that rule, you know, if it's legitimately deliberate? No. No, I don't think you can do that because if I shoot the puck over the net, I'm going to put my head down, shake my head, slam my stick a couple of times so people think I'm pissed off at myself when I did it on purpose. Yeah, but you can usually tell if it is. Like in this situation, it was clearly not deliberate. He was just trying to clear it, and it got up, you know – you know, it's with all the stick blades curvatures now, it's like so easy to get that puck up in the air and take off on you. Um, even even at my shots. Um but um yeah, I don't know, maybe maybe we're nit nitpicking the rules, but I guess it, it, it it's just, it's 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 the same for every bag. team. I don't think you can get that granular with it. And you know, the third period it was, you know, pretty Pretty tame compared to the other two, as far as not really much going on. That was, that was um, tame. I think they're just just settling in. It was the shots were twelve to five. Um, That's like a cat. Know, I, I, you I don't, don't want to give up. You don't want to make a mistake and give up that goal. And I mean, Colorado pretty much shut them down. I mean, yeah, Tampa, Tampa Bay, Bay, they Tampa Bay brought couldn't... a lot of pressure there at the end of the third period. They brought a lot. I like to know when, how many of those five shots were in the late in the third. It had to have been um, home. But you know, in two two of those twelve shots for Colorado were on the power play, um, and you know, so the total shots 
after the third was 37 to 22 in favor of Colorado. And so, you know, this game is, goes to overtime. It's fitting. And then so um, they, 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 uh, they actually had that delayed game was late in the third. So that created a power play at the end. It was actually Pat Maroon that shot the puck over. Um, it was Pat Maroon, yep. And and then so they had a they had a but carry I think that killed it for him. I think that just took. I think Colorado saw a chance to pounce, and they just they took it. They took well, it because they just had the momentum going right into the period, and they just carried that momentum right through to the victory. And then they, you know, over time they had the carryover penalty, and Tampa Bay killed it off. But like you said, the momentum and and you know early in the overtime. Um, who else but Barakowski? Um, he he's another addition for Colorado that's played really huge dividends. It was only his second goal, but like 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 um, Lekkinen, big one. Like like Lekkinen, um, you know that was that was one twenty three into the overtime, uh, but like like Lekkinen, uh he does the little things, you know. He doesn't show up on a goal sheet much, but he does the little things, and that's 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 more uh, you know that's that's a lot bigger in the, these kind of games than than scoring goals. I mean, obviously you need goals to win, but you need defense to win championships. Yep. And you know each team had a shot at goal. Still, each man, you can't you can't count Tampa Bay out right now. You know, and um, it, each team had a shot on goal in car in, in the overtime. I mean, obviously Colorado actually, had, although I, I think Colorado should have had two shots on goal. Um, but the goal came right after. You know, Tampa Bay had a great shot on goal, could have won the game. It was a great save by Kemper, and then Colorado comes right down like any other time. You know, you, you score a goal and. And they come, you know, and they make a save, and our team comes down and scores. But at Colorado, they had shot the puck, and then there was a rebound, and then it was a nice pass. Natuskin, there we go again. He uh, he had that nice little pass over to Berkowski, who pretty much had the wide open net because Vasilevsky couldn't get over uh, in time. But that's why I, if you look at, it, I I think they should have had two shots at goal in the overtime. They only credited with one, um, because it was definitely a rebound. That I don't know why they didn't count that as a shot, because there was definitely a shot. It was definitely a rebound, and then the cushion picked it up and have a nice little pass over, over to. Uh, Perikowski. So that gave Colorado the one nothing series lead. Yeah, this is going to be. It's still. Like, I, I'm not going to say it again about Tampa Bay, but I feel like they are just feeling Colorado out. They kind of got a feel for them now. They know the type of game that they're bringing in, in into this series. Um, I think Tampa Bay is just going to pounce now. Uh, yeah, game, but I think I think you see them win the next game. Well, remember I said last episode about you know whoever loses game because of the two days off. Um, the next game is Saturday tomorrow. Well, 
might be today when we actually publish the episode is recording it's friday night um but i said the whoever loses will probably win game two just because of the extra day off because you know you win the game you want to get right back out there you know but then again this was an overtime game maybe you can throw that out the window but you know Colorado still has the momentum coming off that high overtime win you want to get right back out there and go again you want to smack, um, if you're Tampa Bay you want to smack them right in the mouth like you want to come out and actually like deliver I mean they have to show up with a win they have so be you know so being being a losing team game two having that extra day off you know a little you know little little more video you know plus you know but then again, you kind of stew over it. You know, maybe, you know, Vasquez hit a bad start. He wants to get right back out there. But he, he rebounded nicely after those two goals. And, you know, he's probably kicking himself because with those, without those two goals, Tampa Bay wins the game. Um, he has two Stanley Cup titles back-to-back. He's not going so, to get rattled. So I I think he'll, he and the Lightning will respond game two and we'll, we'll see what happens going forward in in the next game three. Uh, so you know, as I said, you know, we 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 broken broken down the schedule, the Stanley Cup final schedule last episode, but game two is uh, Saturday, uh, the eighteenth, again at eight p.m. on ABC and ESPN Plus. If you don't have ABC. Like some of my uh, co-hosts, um, quiet you. So uh, and then uh, game three, you know that's gonna be I gonna love to see that game in Tampa Bay. The first, you know, back at home. That's uh, Monday the twentieth, and then uh, game four again in Tampa Bay is Wednesday the twenty second, and then next week on Friday, which I mean, so. You know, we're, we're going to have next episode and next week we'll have uh, games two, three, and four. So we're we're going to be busy next week recapping those, breaking down those three games. And then, you know, game five if necessary, which probably will be on the Friday. Um, but that uh, is surprising. You know, I actually have some, a um, little bit of Predators news, which it kind of snuck up on me. Um just, just really heard about it last. Uh, uh, I believe it was uh, last night. I heard, just heard about this. Um, now, I, I, I think my co-host will actually uh, tell me that he knew about it like months ago. But <laughs> I, I know, I know, I, I know it wasn't months ago because I, it was definitely something that's been in the works. But you know, it's been, it's been held pretty quiet. Uh, the Predators are going to yeah, be this hitting. Story I think I read about two weeks ago. It wasn't a so, month. No. So uh, the Predators are going to be getting a new owner. That chairman, Herb Fritz. With a minority Fritch. owner of uh, D-Law. He, 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 oh, I wish I had that kind of money. I don't think I'd be buying a hockey team. Um, he, he agreed to sell his majority stake uh, to... Now, this is where it gets interesting. The former Tennessee governor, Bill Haslam, his brother, um, no, I, I forgot his name. He, he owns the Browns, the Cleveland Browns football team. So that, that family's 
Got some decent, some money they're there. Doing something. Yeah, they're doing so something. what's gonna happen? Um, obviously they gotta, you know, complete all the paperwork and all the approvals from the organization and NHL. Um, but Haslam is going to be the minority owner right, within the next few months, and then in a multi-phase purchase, he's going to become the majority owner within a few years. So, and think that changes the dynamic of the team. I I I don't know. I mean, in in two thousand seven, um, you know, that's when they. You know, going through all the, are they gonna get? They gonna sell to what's his name, and they're gonna move and all this. So a group, you know, that's when we got the ownership group got together to buy the franchise. So just to keep so they can guarantee their future. Um, and it was comprised of day one season ticket holders and and, and you know, uh, big you know business. You know, national business uh, uh, executives. You know, you know the, the big players, some of the big players. But do you really think um, they're going to sell the team? Like, let's be honest. Do you think they're really going to move and relocate the team? Well, in two thousand seven, it was almost. That was really this is in two thousand seven. This is twenty twenty two. Do you see them moving the team? So, to be honest. Um. Apparently, with uh, I I. Well, they're calling him governor, even though he's a he's even though he's a former governor. They're they're still calling him governor. So I guess even even if you're a former governor, you still get that title. Well, unless you touch ladies inappropriately. Uh oh. Then you can rerun. Oh, oh wait, that's uh -oh. only in New York. Uh oh. So, um, so anyway, um, with with the with his pending ownership, um, it. It's going to solidify uh, local uh, um, local ownership and and uh, the shared philosophy uh, for making Smashville, you know, unique sports market. I, they're not going to move it. There's too much money to be made in Nashville. It's a huge vacation spot right now, not only between young kids but also older adults that are going to the mountains and loving the peace and quiet. But, hey, you have to stop in Nashville when you're in Tennessee. So they're not going to take the arena away from Nashville. I just I have a really hard time seeing that. I mean, unless there were some solid figures that I just don't have the information to on a, on a move that would make more money than that. Yeah, well, I guess, I mean, he's he, – I guess he's local. So, you know, I guess that's, that's probably a positive. And apparently he's worth something like – over three billion dollars, and that sure, sure didn't get that money from being the governor. Or at least they didn't. Well, I mean, you don't know that. Well, unless he kind of um, skimmed the books. Uh -oh. <laughs> but uh, that, you know, I don't want to get into politics or sports, and but I don't know. I mean, will his ownership? You know, I mean, is he clear. Is it going to impact the it, team? He's he's clearly out of politics, obviously. So uh, I'm just wondering if that's going to collide politics and sports, which I'm kind of hoping not. Even though it, you know, obviously, I, I mean, it has it, 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 you know, it has you know, politics and have has gotten into baseball and and 
basketball too, even though I don't really follow those two sports. But, you know, for the most part, it stayed out of hockey, and that's the way it should be. But uh, kind of interesting, speaking of, you know, politics, moving into some NHL news, we got got some more uh, coaching news, which, you know, remember I said last episode after – after Vegas hired um, uh, Cassidy, they you know it was going to start the chips were going to start to fall. Uh, well, Barry Trotz rejected a Philadelphia offer earlier in the week of over seven million dollar multi year contract. Probably uh, that probably sets up his move to Winnipeg or Detroit. Yeah, I'm thinking Winnipeg. I don't think Azerman's willing to give up his job for Trotsy. Yeah. Well, who says he's going to give up the GM? I mean, to, who who says he even wants GM? I, I don't know. Maybe he does, but, you know, because I don't really know him. I, I, w- I really wish maybe we should try to um, reach out to him and see if he wants to come on the show. That would be that would be a huge uh, interview, bigger than Tom Callahan. No offense, Tom. <laughs> um, I think I just screwed up in here. <laughs> he used to be the friend of the show. Maybe it won't be anymore after that, Kevin. <laughs> Maybe I have to edit it out. <laughs> so, um, but then, then the Flyers announced a coach. Any guesses on who? John Tortorella has officially. Uh, John Tortorella has officially been hired by the Flyers to coach uh, next season. He says he's going to change the culture. Now, he says that it's not a criticism. But anytime you you say you're going to go in and change the culture of a, you know, team like the Flyers that's had history... It might not be a criticism, but it sure doesn't sound positive. And I, I, I don't know. I guess we'll have to wait and see what he does. It, you know, and Tor- says, uh, obviously, you know, his initial focus is going to be training camp, um, and he wants to improve the, their play away from the puck. Which, I mean. Judging by the, their flyer season last season, they probably need more than that because um, they were, you know, they 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 missed the Stanley Cup for the sixth time in their ten seasons. They had the fourth worst record in the NHL, and they allowed almost four goals a game, which was sixth most in the NHL, and giving up thirty four shots on goal, <laughs> which was the fourth most. So. I mean, I I guess in that regards, as far as changing the culture, you know, I I guess you have to start somewhere. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. No, I I agree. And they they need a culture change. Uh, I mean, they've been bottom of the barrel. You know, something's got to give, and what is it? So the coach is the first to fall, and you know he's got to go in. He's got to create his own identity, and it's going to take. You know, it's going to take a couple of years to build an identity, and he'll have a job for a couple of years to build that ide- identity. But it is, it is true. There is a culture that needs to happen. Detroit 
same thing. They they have to shift that losing culture and make it into a winning culture. Well, how do you do that? And it's continue to have seasons like we had this year. Well, like I said just a few minutes ago when I was talking about him, he he said, you know, as talking about changing the culture, he said it's not a criticism, but I, you know, and I said, and it's like, <laughs> really? I mean, he says, I don't know if that's, I don't, I don't know if that's a criticism. I mean, I don't, you know, it sure doesn't sound positive. Yeah. I mean, you, you know, it, a new coach coming in, you know, he said he wants to come in and, you know, and training camp and, and the way they were playing away from the puck like I you know I had just mentioned and I read off you know they had the fourth worst record they missed the Stanley Cup for the sixth time in 10 seasons when they you know allowing almost four goals a game which is six most and 34 shots a game uh, which is fourth most so I mean obviously you got to you got to fix your defense first. So, okay. So, moving on, uh, we got interesting trade uh, to discuss here. Yevgeny Dadanov traded to the Montreal Canadiens for Shea Weber. What now, thoughts on that? You, you come from Shea Weber is a name that you're familiar with. So, another Montreal captain gets traded. I. Trying to look up how many cap, how many Montreal Canadiens were traded, but I don't didn't really get the number. I know in the, you know it's pretty much the last four, at least the last four, you know. So it doesn't seem like you go to Montreal, you don't want to become a captain. It's like a ticket out, you know. It's like so, the Madden, it's like the Madden curse, and yeah, or the President's Trophy curse. But Weber, so Weber was the 30th captain in franchise history. There's one season not too long ago where they didn't have a captain. Um, so they're, you know, they'll be looking for the 31st. Um, Dodonov better, better hope he's not the next captain. <laughs> yeah. um, I it, it was definitely a win for the Canadians uh, because Weber just missed this in, the season. Uh, with a foot ankle injury, and his career could be over. Um, so I mean, uh, I'm thinking this might be a a, a little. They're playing with a seller, a seller cap, because exactly. I not I'm not sure how much. Oh, Donatov, he had a three year fifteen. Oh wait, no, that was again. That was with Ottawa. Vegas put Montreal. Uh, Montreal. Vegas put. Weber on their IR, which, I mean, obviously he's injured, and he could quite possibly be done. He might not even put on a Vegas jersey. I mean, what's that going to do with tickets, with jersey sales? I mean, obviously they they're probably will have them, you know, have a jersey made up and maybe, I don't know. I mean, obviously if he can't skate, I don't know how that's going to happen, but I don't know. I mean... Uh, how you know if you're a fan of Vegas? I mean, obviously they're gonna put a jersey. I see you gonna wear number six. I don't know who wears number six. That was Vegas. Um, but if you're a Vegas fan, are you gonna want to shell out that kind of money for a jersey to a player that's probably not even a step on the ice? So, but you know that that that's just a, a mark. You know that that's just the marketing part of it. As far as the team part of it. <sighs> Dadanov had 43 points 
That's you know, in seventy eight games, twenty goals, twenty three assists. I mean, if he does that in Montreal, if not more, I mean, look out, you know, and and then you know, in in Vegas, it was a straight up deal. They didn't get any trade uh, draft picks. They didn't get any. Um, they didn't get any future considerations or nothing like that. Uh, so I, I, dump. I, I, well, not only that, I think they're just playing with it because, I mean, uh, uh, Weber, he, he still got that big contract. He's got, I mean, I think it was a selling dump for Montreal too, obviously, cause he's not playing. Um, but he still he still has five seasons. Remember that big long contract that the Flyers screwed the Predators on um, the offer sheet uh, back in the 2012-13 season. Um, a 14 year contract. Oh, I remember that. And so he still has five seasons left on that, and that carries an annual salary of $7.85 million to Donoff. When he was in Ottawa, he signed a $15 million contract. That was in 2020. Okay, so he was still under contract for that, which includes a limited no-trade clause. And then he was traded as a gold Knights by the Senators, but he can become an unrestricted free agent after next season. So he's still, he's still, it was a three-year contract, so he's still got the $15 million contract. So his average salary is $5 million. So now you're looking at that. His his cap in Vegas is only five million, and then you trade for a player that's got a cap at a seven point eight five million. So you went up. If you're up, so if you're and Donov was not on the IR, so I suppose in a sense you're saving the five million. He's going to be on IR. But I mean, Weber's already in the IR. Um, but I guess in that sense. You know that you know that's you know you're saving five million because technically if the players on IR that seven million won't count against the cap. So I guess I guess in in that sense you they are saving five million. But it, you know if Weber does come back and they do have to put that, you just kind of screwed yourself out of two million dollars. So, but I don't you know. It's going to be interesting to see. I don't know if they, I don't know if they will. Um, but yeah, I, to me, that's a good indicator that Weber's done. I just don't think. I, I I don't you know, and that's another thing that the NHL needs to look into is this this kind of situation. It, they're, they're circumventing the cap. They're they're playing with the cap. You know, I mean Buffalo. They, well, you know when they when they trade for, but that that's a different story with with the Sabers. You know they're not hide they're not trying to hide cap. You know cut their cap so they need to get to the cap floor. So that's you know I don't they could they could have easily traded for 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 uh, Weber and put him on IR, but they needed to get to the cap floor. But I suppose you know so and I. I don't know. I think the NHL needs to look into that. I don't know if they, they probably. I mean, they obviously accepted it, so they probably can't re, re, uh, retract the trade like they did with. Uh, actually, it was Tadanov, wasn't it? Tadanov was supposed to go to Anaheim, I believe. 
Um, yeah, I think that, yeah. Um, yeah, because, yeah, because, because, because he had that limited no trade clause. So, you know, I guess Vegas really didn't want him. <laughs> so I guess that I wants to go to Montreal. Um, but that's, you know, that, that's pretty much all the news that I got. As far as NHL, the Rangers re-signed Sammy Blaze. He was a he was a addition this year, wasn't he? Uh, at the trade deadline, I think it was. Yeah, I think they just re-signed Sammy Blaze. Um, so I, so they technically technically it wasn't re-signing, even though it was because they he his contract was I forgot who they got him from, but they made a trade. I think it was at the trade deadline, but they they signed him to another year, so. There'll be another Rangers. Uh, that might be a that might be a key a key piece to their puzzle. But um, so I guess that leaves us to uh, my next. The next segment looks like it's going to be. Yes, I do have a duster this week. Let's do it. Yes, duster. So, no surprises here this week. Uh, my duster is none other than Nico Sturm. He's a center for the Colorado Avalanche. They just acquired him from Minnesota at the trade deadline. Up, uh, March 15th. That was a trade deadline, I believe, right? March 15th. But they just traded They traded Tyson Jost for Sturm um, on March 15th. Uh, for from Minnesota, Nico Sturm was on Minnesota. He's in the playoffs. He's played eight games with a time with a time on ice of uh, sixty three minutes and thirty one seconds. That's a that's an average ice time of call it eight minutes a game. It's like seven point nine. So there's a call it eight minutes a game. Um, he's had one assist in those eight games. Uh, May 9th, that was round one against the Predators. Uh, he was a minus one. He played eight minutes and 13 seconds, 15 shifts. In the St. Louis series on May 17th, so he, had, he was a healthy scratch for uh, a decent amount of games, even though... They did have that long break uh, between the first and second round. Uh, so uh, against St. Louis, he had uh, 14 shifts at 8 minutes and 41 seconds. And he's a center. That, you know, so, I mean, it's pretty low for a forward, actually. And then, uh, you know, the next game, May 19th, he had 11 shifts. It went down to 7 minutes and 10 seconds. Uh, no injuries. As far as even none reporting now, um, and then in the Edmonton series on June fourth, he was a minus one, twelve shifts, again seven minutes and ten seconds, and then uh, game one against Tampa Bay, he had twelve shifts for seven minutes and thirty seconds. In his career, he's played seventeen playoff games, two goals and two assists. He was on the fourth line with Minnesota, and he was an undrafted free agent out of Clarkson. 
So there's a, a little bit of a local collection, even though Clarkson's in the North Country as far as, you know, northern New York State. But it's a little bit of a, uh, a, a local connection. And, and he's, he, he's another side note, he's actually one of the few German-born players uh, to play in the NHL. Uh, in his career, he's played 74 games in a season, uh, 881 minutes f- with an average of 11 minutes and 54 seconds. He's got nine goals and 11 assists for 20 points in those 74 games, a minus seven with 14 penalty minutes. That was in the season, um, this past season. In his career, he's played 132 games. This is a regular season now. Uh, 20 goals, 19 assists with a plus 5 and 31 penalty minutes. He's got one power play point, which is in in a power play goal and a shorthanded goal. And he's got 1,520 minutes with the average of 11.31. So that that pretty much is right on par with his season average. And his ice time with Colorado this regular season, 21 games. Three assists minus two, 269 minutes for an average of 1248. So it's a little bit higher than even his time in Minnesota and in the playoffs. And with Minnesota, he played four years and had 111 games, 20 goals, 16 assists, plus seven for 1,251 minutes and 11 minutes to 16 average. So he's played four years in Minnesota, and his average ice time is less than the 21 games he played this season with Colorado. Now, Colorado, obviously, they traded for him at the trade line line, or pretty close to it, being March 15th. So, usually, if a team trades for somebody around the trade deadline, and they're in a position that Colorado is, they're gearing up for the playoffs. Well, to me, unless they're really keeping them for depth, and this is a constant like a final, so no better time to get your depth out than now. If if you're playing, if if you know, like they acquired Nishkushkin and and Lekkinen, and they're doing wonders in the playoffs, but they get Nico Stern from Minnesota, and they're not using them. Why would you trade? Uh, and, and and they traded Tyson Jones, who's not a slouch. They could have they could they could have used him. He could be probably, he could be putting up minutes. So unless that shows that the Colorado depth, if you trade for a player and trade a decent player like Tyson Jones, why are you sitting this guy? He's twenty seven years old. Obviously, he's got some years left. Maybe he's not that good. Maybe he's going to be a bench sitter for the rest of his career yeah i have to say now that we close the door on that you know that's a good point you know you make a trade like that and maybe he just doesn't fit the system maybe he's not meshing with the guys like like they had hoped for there's a few variables you gotta look at there because if if he's not meshing well then he's not gonna put up points meaning he's gonna look like a bust we'll have to see what he does yeah so we got some uh a couple more additional stories here. Uh, just, you know, we were talking about the CHL uh, the other day. I just want to bring up a quick update for the AHL. They're in the Calder Cup final now. 
It's going to be Chicago and Springfield. Yes, Springfield beat Laval, Laval Rocket, who is Montreal's farm team. So, And Chicago is Carolina's farm team, which is last year the Preds actually put their players in there when Milwaukee decided not to uh, play because of the – the COVID and, and the uh, ticket sales and, you know, all that. So, you know, because it was a shorter season, um, they did it for, for financial reasons more than anything, which was kind of a smart thing. So, but this year it's all Carolina. Uh, so Chicago and Springfield are ready to battle up for the cup. And... Here we go again. The Arizona saga continues. Uh, There's still, the Coyotes are still hoping to come up with an agreement with the city of Tempe for an arena uh, by the fall so they can get, uh, you know, the land requisitioned and, and so they can start, you know, building this new arena so they don't have to play in a college arena forever. Um, the biggest thing with, uh, you know, they, it sounds like they want this deal that the city of Tempe and even the, you know, it's, it's right next to the airport, um, which I guess Tempe must be uh, a suburb of Phoenix because it's the, the Phoenix airport. The one thing that the FAA is not agreeing with is because of the noise. It's because part of this, uh, it sounds like they want to do like Columbus. They want an arena district, an entertainment district, which is smart. You know, you build an arena, you want, you know, hotels and, and all these, you know, maybe lights and may, fanciness. maybe a casino and all these, you know, things to draw in the people, have a little, you know, bars, restaurants, you know, right there close together, you know, and it's, it's good for the fans because it's within walking distance and, Stuff like that, and it'd be real close right next to the airport too, because you don't have to. You know, people flying in don't have to go very far. But the part, what the thing that's holding it up is the this whole entertainment package has residential, uh, probably high rises, but residential in there, and that's why they, you know, because of the noise of the airport. And again, I mean. Really, it's kind of a dumb thing to do. I mean, yeah, you probably want residential there, but who wants to live next to an airport where it's loud and noisy? So I can see their point. I sure as heck wouldn't move to a right next to an airport. You know, I mean, it's being loud. So I think they need to, like, scrap the residential part, you know, maybe make it commercial or something, you know, some some other kind of uh, you know zoning, um, but but yeah. So if that's the only thing that's holding them up, they they gotta they gotta scrap that residential as part of it. So you know we're <laughs> stay tuned to some more. I'm sure we'll have more news coming out on that, and then in the coming months, uh, probably more during the off season. And uh, just another quick. Um, I, I went over to the CHL, the Canadian Hockey League, uh, last episode. So let's let's uh, 
keep up with some updates for that. Um, the Memorial Cup round robin, as I said, mentioned last episode, it's uh, e- each of the four teams. Uh, it's a four-team uh, tournament. Uh, they play each other, each other a total of three games each. You know, there's four teams, so you obviously played the other three teams. And then, um, you know, after the round robin, the top three, based on the standings, and they get like, you know, two points for the win and stuff like that. Exactly. Um, but so they, they will they move on, and then the fourth place team is eliminated. And then the top team, whoever finishes the best, so say the team's going to be 3 0, which I mean, it has happened this year, probably not. Just my guess, just watching the the, the two, the Edmonton and and um, and Hamilton, um, uh, but the, so the other, the top team will automatically go to the championship game, and then the second and third will play in the semifinal, and then the winner of that goes to play in the championship game. Um, but. When we last left, we had everybody advance except for the OHL, Hamilton and Windsor. When it went, it went to a seven games. Hamilton won that six to one. So I guess Hamilton is a lot better team than Windsor. Uh, so they will, so they will advance. Um, Edmonton still will get the uh, the top spot, the top seed, and that they really. Probably doesn't really matter much, um, except as they just want to be top speed, top seed after the round robin. That's that's when you want to be the top seed. Um, but Mason McTavish, he had two goals in that game seven for Hamilton, and Avery, uh, kind of a connection to the wings. Um, Avery Hayes, he's nineteen years old for for Hamilton. He plays for Hamilton. He's from Westland, Michigan. Not sure exactly where in Michigan, but I think it's probably somewhere near Detroit. Uh, he is not. He is not in the NHL draft. Um, I don't know if he was in the draft or that he just didn't get drafted. Um, but he played youth hockey for a Detroit-based Compuware, and which I think is that part of Little Caesars. I'm not sure. Um, and he also played for another, uh, you know, obviously Detroit area. Uh, it's called Honey Baked Youth Hockey Program. Um, I, they they might be competitive, compete, competing organization with Little Caesars. I'm not sure, but that that's just a kind of a Detroit uh, a Detroit connection to the uh, to to the OHL and the CHL. Uh, that that's all I have for the CHL. I'll just have some quick updates. Um, you know, as, as the uh, tournament goes on, it, it starts on the 20th of June, and it, I think the last day is the 29th. I think that's about all I have for this show. Any any more stories that you want to talk about? No, I think we hit all of it. Um, you know, unfortunately, the shows are getting quicker and quicker. Yeah, we're going to have to try to dig up some more stories and you know, have some interesting uh Interesting discussions, like we had to start the show with the with our goal songs, and just try to add more, more information. You know, more 
more excitement to the show because we're not going to have we're, we're not going to have any games pretty soon. You know, we only have a possible possible six more, you know, NHL games to discuss. So we'll, we'll be you know next next week we'll have four because don't think we'll I don't think we're going to have a, a midweek show this week again. Um, I just don't think there's enough content for that. So, but we'll just have to, you know, next week's show will probably be mostly, mostly the Stanley Cup final. And it might be good for our listeners. So, I guess it's time to say goodbye. Um, don't forget to catch us on all the social medias, uh, Facebook, at Pride Wings Podcast. The contest, Tw- the contest is still up and running. Oh, yeah. Just, we haven't got any emails um, as of late. Yeah. Yeah, that came up the other day. Nope, no emails, even right now. So, you know, quickly reiterate, you know, for just briefly, real quick, for anyone who did not uh, catch the contest, if you want to reiterate the contest. Yeah, so what we're looking for is the 10th person to email us with your thoughts on the show, what you like, what you don't like, segments you don't like, segments you might like, something you might want to see in the future um less of that um but be the 10th person to to like all of our social medias and drop us an email at what is it dano predwings podcast at gmail.com so again, tenth person to email us at predwingspodcast at gmail dot com with the segments that you like and the segments you don't like, and you like our social media, you'll win a hundred bucks. So Come on, on the line. Coming out of Rat and Ryan's coffers. That's right. After I pried out of D Law's cold dead hands. No, well, they will be cold. And dead. <laughs> You probably after you get a hold of me. <laughs> so, uh, so don't forget also uh, Twitter at Predwings Pod. Another quick show here. Yeah, uh, we'll s- say goodbye. We'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning in to Predwings Podcast. Good night, Hockey Town. See ya, Smashville.